0: What's up y'all, this is Tiny and Kelvin Smith,
1: running back DeAndre Torrey, senior receiver Michael Lawrence, senior guard DJ Draper, and you're listening to Bruni's Breakdown Podcast, your home for North Texas sports. Hello everybody, welcome to another edition of Bruni's Breakdown, the 24-7 sports podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Bruni, and with me, once again, in the flesh, is Colin Mitchell. Colin, how are you doing today? You've used that intro now for the second time. Damn it. Damn it.
0: I was hoping nobody would notice. I don't even know if I can forgive you. We're it was like be,
1: we're supposed to be creative. It was like a 3 week difference between using it, so a 3 week gap, so I thought if I just recycled them, nobody would notice. I got to start writing them down. Folks just stop listening to to this podcast now. <laughs>
0: we're not creative enough. We failed like, you. If we can't even give a good intro then <laughs> I mean where can't even give where will intro. the quality come from? Honestly, here, really, that's that's supposed to grab your audience. And look what you just did well, Colin, you fed them recycled garbage. I tried just going right over it, but you had to stop me on it. And I know so now we're here. You gotta keep us oh, uh, sharp. Uh, no, I can't think of the word, but that well, you transparent.
1: <laughs> that's what the word was. <laughs> that is the word. Um, but no, Colin, we are here on a Sunday after North Texas dismantled. I've used about every synonym for the win possible, but I'm going to go with dismantle right now. North Texas dismantled UTSA 45 to three at home Saturday night in, I guess a conference rivalry game, the first conference game of the year. Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't even that close really 42 points. It was a complete blowout. They could have scored 60 if they wanted to. Well, the starters played three quarters. So yeah, Mason Mason
0: came out with like eight minutes left in
1: the third. I thought, no, no, that's not true. Was it, it was fourth? late. Was it was either fourth? late, late third, or or, or like right. At I thought he came out in the third, but maybe I'm. Trying it to. was something like that. Um, regardless, North Texas made it look easy. They destroyed UTSA, which a lot of people took a lot of pleasure in because tons, tons because of people took pleasure in it for for multiple reasons, and we'll get into all the other reasons. But if nothing else, just because you know UTSA is not a liked team and. I saw a lot of people say, you know, is this a rivalry, this and that? I think it is a rivalry, but it's kind of one of those fun rivalries. It's like, it's not a rivalry where, like, you have malintent. It's kind of just like, I don't know. It's like, screw I don't, you. I don't know if there's no malintent. I mean, it's, it's, it's. SMU it's, has way more malintent than, than UTSA. I feel like that's
0: just because, okay. And that's because of the history, largely. I feel like it's because the people, the cultures in both those schools are so different. That's why there's malintent. I don't think it's really the game, the foot like football itself. Because I mean, is winning that rivalry by a ridiculous amount. Not, I, fe- I mean, not
1: since 1990. 1990, they're only up like nine seven or something like that. Okay, UTSA. The the people are the same
0: kind of people. Uh huh. But the teams hate each other, so I feel like it's a better rivalry.
1: Okay, yeah, because is like a because I feel like school, fans. Like, yeah, like, it's like the different. fans hate
0: them more. I don't really know if the team hates them more.
1: Hates utsa more
0: hates smu more
1: oh okay
0: you mean the fans hate smu people more i think
1: i think the team well Kyrie hates smu more so i don't know if that counts <laughs> but uh for what that's worth he he he, he hates SMU more, all i know so. is that
0: north texas won what well, we are coining the battle of the birds part seven you coined it i gotta give you credit on that one colin usually i'm the creative engineer behind this engineer behind all. anything this. you see me make is bruni's fault I'm like a robot. He just, like, types some code into. and it's like, like hey, make. Colin,
1: you know what it'd be cool to do? Have a, like, a boxing-esque poster with all the information on it and just have fine Frank Harris. He's like, oh, I got that. Boom, three hours later, he's done. Yeah. It's, it's that easy it's, for him. It's sad, it's sad that it takes that long, though, low-key. Yeah, well, it's all right. We're so, learning. Yeah, so on today's ep- episode, we're going to recap the game, you know, give y'all... The full, full, full breakdown. We're going to answer y'all's questions. We're going to talk about Rico Bussy first, though. That is going to be the main emphasis in the first 15 minutes of this podcast. And then we'll get into Houston at the end and give you everything you need to know before that. There should and be a lot more
0: structure compared to the last two since they aren't both happening at one in the morning.
1: So Exactly, exactly. So these, this is going to be a nice afternoon podcast and we're going to be fresh and we're going to give you all good episodes here. So let's start with the breaking news, Colin. Like I said, Rico Bussy out for the year. Um, I was able to break that story before the game. Um, it, was, it was able to get confirmed five minutes before kickoff against UTSA. I put it out there and everything. And I think a lot of people were expecting it. But to see it actually on paper, it's kind of like, damn, like wh- this actually happened. Yeah, because
0: it goes, you go from having Jalen Guyton and you you go from having Mason, Jalen uh rico all sophomores that first year where they were all together and it's uh-huh. like oh we got them for two more years and then Jalen leaves and it's like okay we still got rico and then now rico's out and now you're left with mason and you're just kind of like
1: solid yeah <laughs> you know you're yeah. just like this is great this and is, now i'm it's, feeling fine <laughs> yeah so i think that's the main thing because the last year even and two years ago when you had both of them the past two years, it was like, all right, these two dudes are special talents that can go play in the NFL. Yeah. And you pair them with Mason, and then you have your inside receivers that can play as well, and you're like, damn, this offense is special in the past game. And now, without either one of them, you go to Deion Hare Griffin and Jair Shorter, and Deion Hare Griffin is playing his first meaningful snaps. To, the last two games have been the first time he's played probably- Ever. Yeah, first time he's played over like 10, 15 snaps in his career. That
0: wasn't in garbage time. Yeah, and then you yeah. go to
1: Jair Shorter, who is a reshore freshman, who obviously has a lot of capability, has a lot of potential, but... Very raw. He's very raw yeah. in what he does, and he's still, you know, getting adjusted to the speed. Regardless of how much practice time he's had, it's a different animal. So, you go from Rico and JG to that, and it's just a it's just a different animal, and it's become a it's become something that I think Mason is gonna to have to adjust to, and that's gonna be a huge transition that he's gonna to have to see within the next um within the next coming weeks, really, before Conference USA starts. So, I look forward to that. I think that we saw what did, we didn't see Mason's full potential against UTSA, but we saw flashes of it, and we, I, saw, we saw him manage the game more better than I think he ever has.
0: Yeah, there wasn't a lot of. Unnecessary throws when he didn't need to take them, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean he was 15-22 for I forgot how many yards I think one ninety five yeah one ninety five two touchdowns, and his longest pass was only thirty yards so it yeah. was a, and it was a very efficient game from him. Um, the numbers didn't really jump off the page, but it it gave it gave you confidence that hey yeah Mason's able to you know not be the risky passer that he was known for sophomore year, and I feel like if he's able to combine that and this then he'll kind of be the best of both worlds but yeah
1: yeah we'll get into that more in a second uh real quickly just to go over the basics of the game it was the second play of the game frank harris got hurt and that yeah, was i kinda, guess we should that open was kind of sad <laughs> yeah that was pretty sad um hold on wait we didn't even get in full into rico first we need to get into Rico. So much for that structure podcast. Depth. Yeah, this structure has gone out the window. See, when I try, try having a structure, then I start moving ahead because we get into other things. Yeah. So it's easier when there's no structure. But I do want to talk about Rico first because he was set up to have he, – and he was expected to have a special season right off the bat. Like he was expected to put up 1,000 yards again. He was expected to have 50, 60 catches again and all that. And then you know the season started and against Abilene Christian, he had a good – starts of the year and then week two against smu he had no catches and then Cal he gets hurt like the first second drive of the game and real quickly it just goes out the window and so i kind of feel bad for rico in that sense and now it's like where does he go from here well i feel like he might take a similar path to jalen
0: mm-hmm. just because next year he's not going to have mason because mm-hmm. he he'll be able to redshirt, obviously. So what do you mean by a similar path? He'll either he's not gonna. I don't think he'll be on the team next year. Mm-hmm. And just just because it's it's just kind of time for everyone to move on, and it's not because it's like bad or anything. It's just he's not gonna have Mason. He's the he'll he'll be a senior on a younger team next year, and mm-hmm. he'll he'll just. I feel like he'll need to turn a page to kind of move on. Now, do you? I don't mean that with like in a in a bad so. way. I just mean that in the sense that you know. Mason's gone. Jalen's gone. He's the last one. Why stay?
1: Do you think that, I mean, obviously, obvious reply to that would be, you know, he's going to be the number one receiver. He's going to be the go-to guy again. I mean, he could have great numbers next year if he's red he could, but you have to rely
0: on the quarterback play.
1: Yes, I, I agree with that. Well, okay. So do you think he transfers? Do you think he graduate transfers or do you think he goes to the NFL or what, what do you think he does at that point?
0: I don't After know. I mean, it could it could go either way. Obviously, coming off an ACL, NFL teams are gonna. He wasn't gonna get drafted high if he if he had if a good all. season this year, yeah. like sixth round, seventh round, undrafted, like you just yes. said. So he, I don't believe he'd probably get drafted. But if he wants to take the the Jalen route, then he could go there. But yeah, I, I know you mentioned last night to me how you you thought that he might tr- how to transfer if if he was not to be on the team. Next I'm just year.
1: looking. I'm just looking at it like. <sighs> If if I was in those shoes, or if, if right, like I would try, I've try putting myself in those shoes, and I'm just like, if I was him, I can see. You have to explore your options, and when you look at your North Texas option again, it's like you're watching Jair Shorter, Austin Agunmakin, you know, Greg White, and all these young guys come up, and you know they're going to be prominent in the offense. They're still going to have Jalen Darden next year. They're still going to have guys, and then you point out the quarterback play, and you're like. You're not gonna have Mason Fine back there, and for all we know, maybe next year they're even more of a run heavy team. Next year, like right, you're gonna have Trey. Saviors yeah, his role next, next year, year gonna, is not guaranteed. Yeah, you're gonna have Tory. There's a lot in the air next year, and you're still gonna be at North Texas, which is still a Group of Five school, you know, which is still in Conference USA. And it, I'm just, I was asking you last night, how much do you explore? I mean, I think you should explore it completely, but. How much does he explore, you know, whether it's a school like Oklahoma State or whether it's a school like, you know, Cal or, you know, one of those power yeah. five school. A power five school. Let's just say a power yeah, five just
0: school Yeah, power five general. school. Well, if, if, if I was Rico and I was like, okay, I want to go to a better conference, you need to go to a, like an offensive only team because his ultimate goal is the draft, obviously. Yes. So like an Oklahoma State... Cal, you know,
1: yeah, yeah, okay. So, yeah.
0: so like an Oklahoma State, like a
1: Washington, a Washington,
0: yeah, Pac twelve, any of the Pac twelve schools State. outside of Cal, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, basically. Uh, so he needs to think about himself, I think, this time instead of because you know this this whole time that he's been in college, it's always been the, about the Big Three, you know, yeah. Jalen, him, and uh, Mason. Mason, and I think now he needs to focus on himself. Although obviously, when you're on a team, you still need to be team oriented. He yeah, needs to, He needs to think about his future at this point because, you know, ACL, that's going to be tough to come back from. And he needs to be able to have a big year. So he needs to have everything kind of work in his favor, a system that works, a quarterback that works, a team that works. Yeah. So I think he needs to think offensive output in his role.
1: Yeah. And he is, I mean, let's not get confused. It's about, let's what, it's about eight months to recover from an ACL injury to just be able to, you know, yeah, practice. Yeah, to run. Yeah. yeah, just to be able to practice. And in 10 months, it's going to be fall camp again so there's not a ton of you know space to get right at least this happened at the beginning of the year so that way he at least it didn't happen at the end you know right but still time is of the essence at this point if it would happen late in the year he might have had to take all the next year off you know what i mean so you're gonna miss time regardless i agree with you that he needs to have everything working in his favor and i think that I would strongly consider being a graduate transfer. I don't know his full situation, though, with how, when he's graduating or where Right, so I was going to ask you this. Doing. Is he
0: able to medical register this year, be a senior at another school next year, and then graduate transfer again?
1: I wouldn't be surprised because that's when... Like, Nick, c- Can you do that? Nick, I don't Nick know. Harvey, so Nick Harvey's situation was he got injured before his senior year. Graduate transferred, then got hurt there, and medical registered and then transferred to degree. Okay, I mean, wasn't. I didn't know if that's the gra- what Nick Harvey did, but that's the that's a different order than what we're right. Asking so so I didn't know if if that if see. They, but I don't think Rico would want to do. That. I think Rico wants to be in the right NFL, because that's what so. Jalen didn't want to do.
0: Because you know, if you're a receiver going into you know turning 25 that season, there's not a whole lot of growth. I mean, in terms of what teams are turning looking, turning 25 for. isn't Jalen turning
1: 25? Wait, what? Jalen Jalen got age? yes. No, is he not? No, he's he'd be a senior this year, Colin. But he's a redshirt. Okay, he'd be, if he was a redshirt senior, he'd be 22.
0: I'm so confused now. I'm taking Clint, back.
1: Nobody was is 25. Jalen Guyton is not 25 years old. Regardless. Regardless. No, he's not 25. Um, it was the age factor is what I was talking about. Okay, yes, about. obviously. Um, I wonder if... So, yeah, that's all I'm saying is that I would strongly consider a um, graduate transfer. I, would, I think that... A school like Oklahoma State, a school like, you know, any any Pac-12 school almost, most Big 12 schools, you know, Texas Tech would be interesting, yeah. Joel, Joel Flaney's over there, receivers coach. Obviously, there's a chance that he comes back, and I think that we're far, far, far away from him giving any sort of definite answer. I think that he's going to be around the team the entire season and stuff, so I don't doubt that, but... There's, I, I just, if I was in his shoes again, I put myself in his shoes, and I think that, I would, I would, I would consider a graduate transfer. That's me though, and I heard that maybe he's gonna consider going straight to the NFL at, once he recovers, but I think that's risky. Yeah, absolutely,
0: because again, you don't he, have anything to go off. Yeah, you for a and year. you can sprint and run and practice on uh, ACL after ten months, but you're not gonna be that same player. And we've seen that with Lauren Easley this year. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not, he's not even really been a
1: factor so far. Yeah, um, so yeah, I I would consider either coming back or being a graduate transfer. I don't think you can go straight to the NFL after an ACL. Even though you had a great twenty eighteen season, you're entering the twenty twenty draft at that point, like twenty twenty one draft at that point. Oh, okay, regardless, no twenty twenty draft, twenty twenty draft. Yeah, um, and I just think that's too risky. So, um. What kind of impact do you think it has on on this year's team? A lot, and I think we saw it last night
0: with how much they le- leaned on the run game there. Mm-hmm. Because we saw it time and time again how Mason was just kind of throwing. I mean, Jalen has what this season?
1: He Jaylen, has Jalen who Darden? D- Darden. He has twenty two oh.
0: receptions for two hundred. I think this says twenty yards. I can't read it from here. Yeah, your number one guy, your leading receiver for yards, should mm-hmm. not be a slot guy. Mm-hmm. and because, again, you get lots of receptions, but you don't get that explosive...
1: Typically, yeah. Yeah, so... You don't get... you are not to catching the ball play. 20, 20 Right, so you're
0: here. not... Mason's not... I mean, most of his yards are on screen plays, and Jair Shorter hasn't been able to do really anything yet, so it's... it's The passing game is a lot more limited now, and that we saw that last night with Trey Siggers, DeAndre Torrey having really big games.
1: I agree. We have to see... I mean, at least... A twenty-plus yard pass be completed. I don't remember him completing Mason completing a twenty-plus yard pass besides the screen that went to Tory. But you know the 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 stuff that kind of broke. But uh, I think that the the deep play action stuff is huge for this team, and Rico Bussy provided that the last two years. They like, tried it
0: last night with Jair, and it was.
1: Yeah, I remember that. That, yeah. was, that was a deep throw. So I, they,
0: they had two deep throws last night. One to dry yeah. and then one to I yeah.
1: forgot who. Yeah. But I know we have a question about this as well, so we'll get into it there too. Um, I, I want to quickly cover the game. Like I said, Frank Harris got injured the second play of the game and yeah. it really sucked because we knew he had a separate shoulder entering the game and he hurt that shoulder. Again, it's his non-throwing shoulder. Frank Harris, obviously we hyped him up to be a very good quarterback, um, a quality Conference USA quarterback. Uh, we questioned his throwing, but we never doubted his running and his explosive ability. I think that the drop-off from him to the backup quarterback that we saw, uh, Narcisse. Narcisse, yeah. Narcisse he was monumental. Narcisse couldn't make any throws. He was very below average. He very much underwhelmed me. Um, he put UTSA behind the eight ball right off the bat when he threw that interception. And, the first pass of the game. Yeah, first pass for him. at first pass of the game. And... North Texas went down and scored. And that kind of set the tone immediately. UTC did march a couple times. They had the missed field goal. Um it was they, blocked. No, it was not blocked. It was a bad snap and the guy couldn't Okay, get I it up. I couldn't so see it was, from where I was. I yeah, thought it was blocked. It was almost blocked. <laughs> basically. Um but yeah, UTSA drove a couple times early on, but they weren't able to get anything going. They were able to drive right before the half. Um, and the hope was to get, you know, seven points to cut it to twenty one to seven, and that guy dropped a touch. Not a touchdown. Dropped a first down on fourth down, right over the middle. That kind of—I don't want to say it started to put the dagger in UTSA, but it, the dagger was damn on its on their chest at that point. Yeah, it's like you have to be perfect, and they, they needed those points and they didn't get them. Yeah, so.
0: Narcisse wasn't that great, and then obviously your receivers weren't helping them out. They of had course. so many drop passes. Yeah,
1: so. and then um, the run game wasn't helping them out either. Um, Narcisse was the best runner on the team for UTSA. And that's all he did well at that point. Uh sincere McCormick, we knew coming into the game was going to be solid. He av- only averaged four yards a carry 62 yards on 16 carries. Nothing really went right for this team. They, I think UTSA averaged about four yards per play. Um, and you North Texas averaged around seven and a half, something around there. So that just yeah. tells you the disparity of offenses that were working. But even when you look at past the quarterback play, obviously scoring three points is bad but they couldn't run the ball at all in even though they had a mobile quarterback and like I said a couple of times Narcisse got loose but that wasn't even enough to like
0: yeah he was either wrapped up quickly or when he fumbled it on that one that would have been a first down Yeah, he did fumble it on one he, so
1: I know he broke one long run yeah when well, he broke one 42 yard run but like even on that possession it wasn't like it didn't spring them to score a touchdown right yeah it didn't it was like kind of just a blip. It was just a one-time thing, and they weren't able to do anything from there. So, I think more than anything, I don't know what to take away as a defense. I don't know what to take away from the North Texas defense, and I don't want to get into that yet. But I just want to recap the game real quick. So, then the second half started, and North Texas did more of the same. Trey Siggers ran all over UTSA. Trey Siggers ended the game with 143 yards on 14 carries, with two touchdowns. Um, just raising his yards per carry average at this point. He's, and it was already at 7.5. Yeah, so. He's just been tremendous. Uh, DeAndre Torrey had a solid game as well, 62 yards and a touchdown on 10 carries. Uh, everybody got, every almost everybody in that stable backs got carries. Lauren Easley, Nick Smith, Evan Johnson all got carries. All of them r- r- ranged around 3 yards per carry. Nothing crazy. Jason Bean, we got to see Jason Bean he's fast shout out Jason we knew this I didn't know he was that fast oh well, I knew he was that fast that's why he was He. that's why he was the I just thought he was like
0: guy. I mean he was like
1: f- like fast I don't know fast, fast. <laughs> yeah fast fast like <laughs> Jesus man was yeah had some wheels yeah so he had 34 yards and 3 carries at the end of the game like I said starters played basically until the three, The end of the 3rd quarter 4th quarter was garbage time Mason fine in the game 15-22 for 195 yards 2 touchdowns the longest pass the night was 30 yards, which I believe was that screen pass right before that end of the first half that got them down to like the yeah. 30. Um, Mike Law led the team with five receptions for 58 yards. Jalen Darden, four receptions, 27 yards, and a touchdown. DeAndre Torrey, three receptions, 60 yards. So, And then you have five other guys that had one reception. So, um, Deion Hare Griffin, one reception, 11 yards. Jair Shorter, one reception, 20 yards, which was the touchdown for him. Greg White one reception, 13 yards. Deontay Simpson shout out freshman one reception uh 12 yards and kelvin smith one reception 10 yards (sighs) the past game is really interesting and so uh, is there anything else to recap from the game that like it happened that's an essential i'm trying to remember ethan mooney missed a field goal which was kind of alarming it was like it was like a 30 it wasn't that long yeah it was probably about something like that yeah it wasn't great so uh, that was kind of alarming yeah 32 32 missed 32 yard missed field goal then he made a 25 yarder um I'm trying to think if there's any other essentials from the game that we missed. Uh, I don't believe so. Don't so, think so. All right, let's get let's get into the questions then. Because like we said the last two podcasts, we want to answer questions first and then get into everything else. So that way we don't miss any questions. We care about you,
0: the audience. Oh, I thought you cared about me. No, I don't. You looked at me when you said that. Well <laughs> damn it. We don't want to look at like <laughs> Maya and hey, Maya. Don't know.
1: We care about you. I mean Maya's chilling right now. Maya's chewing. On a stick. Um. Alright, so we have a lot of questions. I think we have about five questions. So thank you to all of you who send questions in. I know I do it on a late, late basis now. I basically did it before I drove over here. I just threw it out there and y'all answered. So we appreciate that. First from CMCM Forever. He sent a lot of these in last night. I appreciate that. He asked, first, do you think fine has been as effective this season? And how productive do you think the offense has been as a result? I like, paraphrase that. Am I yes. going first? Do you want to go first? Sure. I You, oh, just looked, you looked at me this okay. time. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> uh,
0: so, do you think Fine has been as effective this season? I think he's quietly having a good season, and I, I told you this before the pod because everyone's, even me, I'm guilty of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, Mason needs to have that breakout game. Well, I was looking at his stats. He almost has a thousand yards, and he's nine yeah. touchdowns, three interceptions. And it's four games in. They played 12, 12 games. Yeah. What is that? I don't know the math.
1: Wait, played twelve. Oh, they play 12 games. When they play 12 oh, games. yeah. You know, um, so he'll he'll be at about 3000 yards. That's pretty bad, I guess. It depends. I mean, so here's the thing. He's throwing about 2 yeah, he's like you said, he's throwing about 250 yards per game at this point. Um I haven't looked at his completion percentage uh but 15 to 22 last night is very solid from from him and it's what we expect. He didn't throw an interception for the first time this season. He didn't have to do anything special. I don't think he was great last night. I think he missed a lot of throws early. Yeah. Um. I think he settled into the game, and I think that he was able to find players that, like, like you said, he didn't have to force anything. Yeah. He managed the game, and then did what he needed to do to make a play happen. I mean, against UTSA, they just ran over them. Yeah, they didn't. didn't, He didn't have to. So I guess it's like, what more do you want from him at that? Right. (laughs) It's like yeah, he threw the deep ball every time. Like Like, he could have made. He could have been more accurate on those early throws. I definitely agree with that, but. I mean, what more do you want from him when Trey Sagers is averaging 10 yards a carry? So, um, all right. He sends uh, CMCM Forever sent in another question. Uh, the offense seems balanced. Is North Texas becoming more of a running team? I feel like they've always kind of been more of a running
0: team than, what do you mean, than we always? think. Than we oh, then we think. Then we think, th- okay. than we think they have. Yeah, no, they've not been primarily let a running me let team. Let me finish. Go ahead. But, you know, whenever Seth first came here, it was always tea high, Let it fly. And then Jeff Wilson all of a sudden was Jeff Wilson. And then last year, DeAndre Torrey was DeAndre Torrey. And now Trey Siggers just all of a sudden popped up. So this team, I feel like, has always been... Running has always been a a big part of what they've done. The difference is that they've always had explosive receivers that put up yards and flashy plays. So like DeAndre Torrey last season, I forgot how many touchdowns he had. It was a a lot. lot. Uh, Jeff Wilson, a lot. You know, they rely on those backs a lot in the red zone. And Mason doesn't. Mason's touchdowns majority. I feel like those last two seasons were, you know, when it was, you know, coverage is blown. Bussy gets just some ridiculous catch. Jalen Guyton runs for runs after the catch, or yards after the catch. Mm-hmm. So, I feel like running has always been a big part, and this isn't really a surprise because we've seen it before.
1: The way you phrased it sounds right, but it's interesting because you phrased it as though last, as though the running game is the same. Right? Like, Jeff Wilson, you know, two years ago it was good. Last year it was good. This year it's good. And the receivers this year are are, are the drop-off. Yes. Right? So, on paper, wouldn't the offense be worse this year than it has been in the years past?
0: Well, I, the question wasn't whether it's worse. It's whether it relies on the run game more.
1: Or whether so, they use it more. Yes. No, no. I understand what you're saying, but I'm I'm asking a different question. So theoretically, if... You're so asking me if the offense is worse. Is the like. Cause you could, do you understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah, the, I understand the what you're saying. You, you I didn't know you were, were asking me a question. Court, yes, I the think the offense backs.
0: is worse than it was the last two years. Okay, and that's because they that's don't have the only drop off, in my opinion, uh-huh. is is not having an explosive receiver yet. Um, because they've always had a good running game. They always had playmakers in the running game. I mean, like I said, Jeff Wilson, DeAndre Torrey last season, Lauren Easley early, and then now you got Trey Siggers just running over everybody and that's we're only seeing we're only noticing that more because Mason's not putting up the numbers the receivers aren't putting up the numbers.
1: Yeah. I will disagree that last year's run game was good. I will disagree with that because I feel like DeAndre Torrey had touchdowns and he was okay, but I feel like this year it's kind of exposing like he's good but he's not he's not that next level guy. He's not I don't,
0: I don't think he's a next level guy, but well, i be it'd be interesting to see how many red zone touchdowns Mason threw and how many Tory had.
1: See, but you're act you're 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 putting Jeff Wilson you're you see, you're 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 gonna no That's not
0: that's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying that this team relies on the run game the same way. The mm-hmm. players are different, but they rely on the run game the same way. Does that does that make sense? Okay. I'm saying Jeff Wilson. No, I know what you're saying. Yeah, okay, okay. So
1: you, okay, so you, I understand the perception of the offense dropping off a little bit. But I was thinking about this last night. I think last year our biggest concern was the offense being inconsistent, right? Yes, the offense was ma- majorly inconsistent. They struggled at times to move the ball at all. You know, they couldn't at times they couldn't run the ball at all. At times they couldn't throw the ball at all. You know, there was no consistency to that offense last year. This year, I feel like the offense is on track to be far more consistent than they've ever been.
0: But does consistency mean production?
1: Yes. And I think they've shown that, for the most part, through through three FBS games consistently. And they've done so by being able to run the ball better than they ever have before. And I think a large, large, large part of that is because the offensive line Is the best it's ever been. Run blocking, like Mm -hmm. not even close. Yeah, definitely. This offensive line is actually yeah make creating holes for running backs to run through, and then when there aren't perfect holes, Trey Siggers is able to break, and they're able to pop because Trey Siggers is so efficient. Um. So anyways, like I was saying, I just think that the offense is able to be more consistent and there are ways in which I perceive this offense to be even better than last year's offense because they're more consistent, because they're able to sustain drives longer, because they're able to run the ball better. And Mason Fine, we haven't seen Mason Fine be forced to do everything yet, unless if it was against... I mean, even against SMU and Cal, he, yeah. he didn't have to do everything because they played the pass more so. But also, I don't really
0: feel like he, because of what he has around him, he's capable of doing that. Him himself, sure, but he's, he's not going to have receivers to get open to do that, and I feel like that's a concern.
1: It is a concern, but I wonder if this, this run game is good enough to... To make up for that? To carry this offense.
0: I mean, listen, we've seen Trey Sickers through three games be exactly the same. So who knows? I you you could be one hundred percent correct. I if
1: mean, this is the best run game we've ever seen with the under Latrell. Which is and that's saying better than Jeff Wilson's run game. Yeah, but Jeff Wilson didn't have an offensive line. Well I'm
0: saying I, I know, I'm saying but and that was good. Like the I'm run saying. game
1: that, see that's that's what I'm trying to get back to you is that you you you, um, you not just you, but everyone frames it as, you know, Jeffrey Wilson to DeAndre Torrey to uh, Trey Siggers, they perceive the run game as just a product of the offense. Kind of, it's kind of like it's just there, you know. It's kind of like we we're gonna throw the ball a lot. We have Mason find a quarterback, you know, all this stuff. That's that's how it's perceived, but that's not how this offense is built. This I, offense, well, my the argument is, line is my far argument. Better.
0: My argument is that it's perceived as a, a passing game, but it's always been relying on the run. Is what I was saying.
1: But last year they couldn't rely on. Them. I don't think the last last year's run game was not last good year's enough to run be game on. G-
0: gave them points more than Mason and the pass game did.
1: The, the The run game was not good enough to be relied on last year.
0: But neither was our passing offense. And I'm saying they had to rely on them in the in, in their red zone to give them points because too many times it was always okay. Yeah, we're on what first and goal. We'll just run it four times in a row. And how did those go? John Tortore had what 15 touchdowns.
1: How did a lot of their short yardage situations go?
0: Well, they were bad, but I'm saying without that run game last season, this team's far worse.
1: Why were they inconsistent last year?
0: I don't know. We could, Graham is what everyone says.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think I believe it's because the run game wasn't efficient enough. And I don't. Ca- I I know DeAndre Torrey had 15 touchdowns and he averaged five yards a carry. All of that is great. But when things got tough for that offense last year, they weren't able to move the ball at all. And a lot of that starts when you are an offense and you cannot move the ball, a lot of it starts with not being able to run the ball for four yards on first down. Like, getting ahead of the chains is crucial for an offense. And they were not able to do that as an offense last year. And a lot of that I do blame on the offensive line last year. And this year, that's not the case. Against Cal they are able to get in situations where they're able to move the ball. When they had to move the ball against Cal to cut it to a one-score game late in the fourth quarter, they moved the ball effectively, not only through the air, but because Trey Siggers was able to pop run, because DeAndre Torre was able to step in and get three yards here and there. I think that the run game just has been far, far, far more efficient than it has ever been before. And I think Trey Siggers is obviously the highlight of that. Trey Siggers is averaging eight yards a carry, uh, and they've gone against... And he didn't play against Abilene Christian.
0: Yeah, that that's that's another thing we have to note. That's Trey the Siggers, biggest thing. Yeah, Trey Siggers has three hundred and ninety-eight yards through three games, all against very good schools. SMU beat TCU last night. Cal beat uh, Ole, Ole Miss, Miss last night. And, like yeah. legit teams.
1: And he did the same <laughs> thing to them as he did to UTSA. Yeah,
0: and he did not. And he and he didn't play the almost quarter. half the game.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so I just look at this offense, and I'm like. There's, I can't look at this offense the same as last year or the year before, even though the run games in the past were good. This all, this all run game just feels different to me. I, this run game feels different, and as a result, I put this offense at a different level because of the balance. So you, that so you think
0: this keep. offense is better than sophomore year?
1: I have to see more of it, but... So far, what, so
0: far, if, if you're just saying it. Just through what you've seen so far, than sophomore year, you up said? to this point, do you think this is better than Mason's sophomore year?
1: Hmm. Probably, probably not sophomore year because Jalen Guy was an absolute monster that year. Yeah, and Rico, you know, was coming into it, and they were had Jeff Wilson that year. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put, and that offense was putting up forty points a game. So I still need to see that because they had their struggles against Cal and SMU, but like I said before on this podcast, Cal and SMU are going to be better than any Conference USA offense defense they've seen. Houston, my Houston's defense is going to be at least on par with, a, you know, one of the top defenses in Conference USA. All of this preparation in non-conference, I feel like, just sets the table for an explosive Conference USA season. I think that we Let, saw let's, part of let's, that let's, last let's, night. let's get
0: to that. Let's get to that. Because SMU, we, everyone panicked. Yes. Cal, everyone started to panic, and then they kind of brought it back. After we've seen SMU and Cal continue throughout their seasons, I feel like, those losses look a lot better than they did. Yes, and especially after last night's win, last night's win past the I think it was like the the first game I've seen in a long time, where I was like, "Yeah, North Texas beat them forty five to three. and it looked like it beat they beat them forty five to three.
1: Here's what, here's what I'm gonna say. Another reason I agree with that. I think another reason why I put this offense definitely above last year's offense at this point because. Last year, how many times did we see We 40- both agree this year's offense is better than last year's? How many offense? times did we see a forty five to three win last year? And how many times did it feel like a forty five to three win last year? None. We talked about it. We we'd say every blowout, we go, it didn't feel like a blowout. And the thing is, last year, the that last year's defense would have held this would have held you, you said three points or three or ten points, you know, again. Yeah. But the offense putting up forty five points, like I'm saying. It just shows the consistency they, they that they've had on every. Single they would have scored
0: more of those touchdowns on the fourth quarter garbage time. Yes, last year yes. than they would have. Like it would have been twenty eight to right because the they they could have scored sixty last yes. night.
1: Oh. <laughs> Maya's going crazy over here. She just
0: threw herself into the wall. Yeah, I don't in know. Case, in
1: case you all heard that. For those of y'all who don't know Maya or new t- new listeners, Maya, we record- Maya's a new uh, co-host. Yeah, we're recording at Colin's at Collins house, and Maya is his dog that is, what, 10 weeks old? No, maybe? she's... Wow, you do not keep track. She is 15 weeks old. Fifteen. That's not that's not far off. I got her eight weeks, if that puts okay. you in anything perspective. Regardless. <laughs> um, <laughs> so anyways, like I'm saying is... I, I was um, gosh this just shows how much I think about just North Texas football which is way too much like I I was getting into bed last night I was like I was like oh my gosh they actually beat a team 45 to 3 yeah and it was
0: like and when you say actually you mean actually like the eye test it passed the eye test and I think the eye test like okay so UTSA people people from UTSA if you saw predictions from uh other yeah, places. Yes. They predicted North Texas. Some of them predicted them lose one person predicted this uh, North Texas only to score 10 points. They all predicted it no one to score over 30 except for one guy, I think. Yeah. And that's because they're seeing the games. They're seeing SMU and Cal on paper. Mm-hmm. SMU since since they've lost has shown that they are way better than we thought they were. Yes. Cal has shown us that they are way better than we thought they were as a team. And that North Texas was able to, you know, finally put up some points against a good defense. And last year, stats on paper are a lot different than seeing the stats happen. Yes. And the eye test never got passed last year. And I feel like this year, although SMU and Cal were not good performances... We we both kind of agreed. Hey, they had these thi- these things pass the eye test. These yes. things didn't. Yes. Whereas last year, nothing ever passed the eye test outside of the defense.
1: Honest, on. I mean, yeah. Honestly, I feel like there were always asterisks to last year's wins, and that's it, why. Yeah, exactly. This year, a forty-five-three win over UTC, regardless who's at quarterback, is just at a different level. And I think that that is the f- first thing that sh- that I saw from that win is that. North Texas is able to be consistent on offense and consistently put teams away. And I think that while they haven't done it yet, obviously Avalon Christian is a different animal. Avalon Christian was not a put away by any stretch of the imagination and SMU obviously looked rough, but in all of those games, the run game was there and the run game was efficient and the run game was the reason that the offense got going. And so Behind all of that, I think that this offense is at a different level, and I think that the balance that this offense gives defenses is the main It's the main engine, and it's never happened before that way. And it's always been Mason Fine, and it's always been, you know, how did Mason do? This year, it's kind of, you know, how did Trey Sigurds do? And I think that alone gives this offense more dexterity than they've ever ever had and I think that that is going to elevate them so that way teams can't just play the pass because I feel like even in years past teams were playing the pass but what's the difference this year Trey Siggers is able to gash them on the ground and they actually have to pay for it
0: yeah and I I don't even know if it's if it's more so how did Trey Siggers do I think it's more this year of how is the team doing I feel like the last two years everyone was just kind of rooting for Mason
1: Mm mm-hmm
0: whether they wanted to, whether it was conscious or not, yeah. it was always, oh, how did Mason find you? Because everyone knew he was the lone star outside of the receivers, but Mason's, you know, the receivers are a product of Mason's play. Everyone was always, how's Mason? We're, we did that. Mm-hmm. How did Mason's game go? How did he go? Should we panic about Mason? Because he was the team, whereas now it goes, it's almost like the team is complete. Special yeah. teams has played really well. Defense has played I guess as expected. Yes, and on offense now, like you said, we have Trey Siggers.
1: You have Trey Siggers, and you have an offensive line. I'm I'm going to keep repeating this. Yeah, the offensive line is playing very well. I said last night on our pregame uh, Twitter show, the offensive line needs to have a breakout game, and I think that they are going to have a breakout game, and they did have a breakout game because while Trey Siggers and DeAndre Torre were able to break tackles, they weren't getting touched for three, four yards down the field. And another telling stat that the offensive line had a good game was not only that there were no sacks, but there were only nine yards of negative offense with the starters in the game. And mm-hmm. so when you're getting a handoff, and I think five of those were Manasseh Mose picking up the fumble <laughs> and and trying to return The hand it. of the Greek god. Yes. So he picked it up and he started running and I think that was five yards. So let's say there's only four yards of negative offense. Through three quarters, with your starters in, obviously. That's incredible. Yeah. Like, not being stopped in the backfield at any point just shows a pure domination. And
0: UTSA's line was their strength of the defense.
1: That's what I was about to say, was that everybody I talked to from UTSA was like, hey, this defensive line in a 4-2-5 defense, this defensive line is really good. You have Dantzler, you have other dudes up front that can actually play, and the offensive line moved them like they were in high school. And that is extremely impressive, because this defensive line, I expect to be a solid defensive line conference you say mm-hmm. so if they sh- if they can do that against them what's stopping them from doing that against rice what's stopping them from doing that against utep and right. i think that those rice and utep games will not be as nearly as close as they were last year and that is the mark of a good offense. we're not going
0: to see an old dominion game this
1: year yeah yeah i think that's the mark of a good offense is being consistent i think that consistently being at a solid level is far far superior than being able to put up Forty points against Arkansas and then put up zero points in the second half against Old Dominion. That is going to lose you games, but being consistent, I feel like is just the key. So I think you, that that's what that's my main takeaway from last night. So so
0: with Frank Harris being injured on the second play, how much of this do you think? Could how much do you think this game could be used as a measuring stick? Because that's what we 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 said going into this game that this game was going to show us what in above average Conference USA team will look like against North Texas. Do you think that still holds or do you think having Frank Harris injured kind of ruins that?
1: Um, I was checking Twitter. Did you ask only for the defense? For the team. For the team. But I was talking about the
0: defense because obviously they're playing against...
1: Yeah. Um, I feel like I couldn't take too much away from it. In a normal game, holding any team to three points is definitely my sider. I would make it my side story. Like That's the story you want to focus on. For me, I watched that game, and I feel like a lot of people watch the game, and they're just like, "Wow, UTSA is inept." Like, well,
0: do you think that's a product of them losing Frank Harris? Like, yeah. Do you think it just took the took them out of the game? I think game? it just
1: took their legs out. And I think even with Frank Harris, they might have scored you know fourteen points, seventeen points. So something you think like the forty
0: five goes up regardless? The forty five goes up regardless. Okay, that's that was my question. Is yes. is how how it's well forty five think... to seventeen instead okay. of forty five to three? Okay. Like they that, blow it exactly. That team so so you can take it as a measuring stick then. I think yeah, I think so. okay.
1: I think so. I think and like I said, UTEP, UTS, or UTEP um Charlotte and Rice, I think those three games are going to look a lot like this game because of the consistency on offense and because I think the defense is is fast, first of all. We'll yeah. get into that later, but they're fast and they at least have some well, the defense line was terrific again last night. Deion Noble and Ladarius. Ham- Ladarius wasn't terrific. Per Ladarius say. wasn't wasn't the like disruptor he, he was, but Deion Novel. Deion Noble. was. Gosh, he was amazing. Do I have, do I have the Deion Novel stats? Um, I think I do. Oh, yo, Thank you, Colin. Thank you for getting those to me. Um, yeah. Deion Noble finished with seven tackles. F- yeah, Jesus Christ, eight tackles and a half a sack and one tackle for loss. Deion Noble has been an absolute monster this year, and we'll g- we'll get into that in a second. I do want to answer a couple more questions before uh, we jump into everything else. Colin's going to get Maya right now out of the backyard. So Preston Hodge asked about Rico Bussy. I'll well, I'll answer this one real quick. Do you think Rico Bussy will redshirt or grad transfer or go to the pro somewhere else? Um, like we said, I'm again, I'm sorry for answering this and then asking your question because i hate doing that but thank you preston for your question like i said personally i think that rico will be a graduate transfer somewhere and if not i I, uh, let's see if i had to rank them i would say graduate transfer returns to unt gopro really that's how i would rank it i put unt third okay so you swap unt in the pros yeah i think i think he's out okay okay so yeah thank you preston for your question um we have two questions about houston here which we'll talk we about should, yeah we'll just wait for those we we'll wait the, yeah we'll, we'll open we'll section. open the houston preview with those perfect um and then we have jeff withers here who has a great question this has six favorites on it that's how you know it's a great question dang <laughs> we the, gave up when nine. You, when a question gets six favorites on twitter like that's like that's how you know that's big time that's huge <laughs> so thank you jeff for your question real quick we give up 98 yards rushing to Narcisse and 80 to Garbers the week before. How will UNT change up their game plan to contain a much faster and more athletic Houston quarterback that has over 300 yards rushing this
0: year? So, when Narcisse, because when, I was told on the field, obviously, that Narcisse was LSU's backup last year and he transferred to UTSA. Mm-hmm. Obviously, from watching the game, we we learned he couldn't pass. Yes. But North Texas has constantly been just destroyed by dual-threat quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And Narcisse has that ability, and we saw him kind of get shut down. Although he had ninety yards, it didn't look like ninety yards. It felt like none of his plays led to led to anything. And that's honestly positive, like it -hmm. it looked positive to me because I was expecting him to you know get a couple rushing touchdowns after I learned that. Oh yeah, he's a dual threat too. Because Frank Harris, I was expecting the same thing, and obviously he didn't play. But you know, it
1: would have been nice to see Frank Harris. uh, Obviously, this defense goal against Frank Harris because we said it was like a. Rehearsal of sorts to go against Derek. Right,
0: it's it's yeah, it's a poor man's Derek King. Yeah,
1: so that would have been nice, but I do think there are concerns about containing dual threat quarterbacks with this defense because of how much man they play on the outside and but how f- much. But
0: I feel like there was improvement
1: from la- from last night's game, although we put up ninety yards. Like I said, I no no okay, I agree there was probably improvement because Garbers ran all over North Texas in the first half of right. the Cal game. So, yeah, sure, there was improvement, but Derek King is one of the best still threat quarterbacks He's in the another country. animal, I know. Yeah. Like, if you don't play perfectly, he's going to gas you and throw for 200 yards and run for 150. So, and if he does that, then you're screwed. So, I understand the question is, how are you going to game plan for Derek King after what we saw the last two games? And I think a simple answer is, it's hard to have a simple answer I don't know if they're going to be able to and so it's kind of like in a perfect world I think a zone zone defense would be great because obviously in man a lot of times the corners and the safeties are occupied with their man so you have to keep your eyes on them you have to keep your eyes on the quarterback and you know you're doing multiple things at once in zone it's kind of like you're picking up guys that come through You're, you're watching a lot of different stuff so we know in third and longs and in long-distance situation, in obvious passing situations, they play a lot of zone. I'll get that out of the way right now. In first and second down, though, because a lot of D.R. King's runs are not designed. Right. they that just he's, He improvises. Yeah, he does improvise a lot. And we saw that against Washington State against Cal. And,
0: Oklahoma is what you meant.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry. Washington State and Oklahoma. And I think... I mean, they've played... Three out of three out of the four games have been against Oklahoma, Washington State, and Tulane, who are all very good teams, and he's still putting up numbers at this point. And yeah, so
0: he's a leading rusher.
1: Can you stop him? Can is this defense capable I don't, of stopping I don't,
0: him? I don't know. If, I don't know if it's, a, if it's if the defense can't stop him or if they have so many offensive weapons that they just can't. Because say okay, normally for a dual threat quarterback, you'd want to put a spy. On, yeah. on uh Derek King. Well you can't do that because you have Porter and I forgot the other guy's name. Carr. Carr, who are who, who, who are running back. And then if you put a spy you have less push up front and then they just have a hole.
1: Yeah. Um They ended up putting spies on Narcisse last night. You could tell the linebackers were you know, in a zone of sorts, but they were had their eyes on Narcisse for a lot of the game. Mm-hmm. You saw that with Katie and Tyreek a lot. Katie and Tyreek flew around the field. I think they had yeah, their best. We saw their of the speed year. finally yeah, we, last their night. Their speed showed, and I think that is the most comforting thing going against because
0: we didn't we didn't see any of that the first couple games.
1: Yeah, so I think that's the most comforting thing going against Derek King is that you know, Katie Davis and Tyreek Davis flew around the field last night, and they looked as fast as we expected them to look. And if they're actually that fast and they're faster than or they're close to as fast as Derek King. I think that that's pretty comforting. I think that's their best shot is that Tyreek and Katie are able to corral him and not let him get the big play. Like you can live with his, you know, five yard scrambles on second down or something like that. But it's the the ones that pop for 20 plus yards that you're just like, damn. And then he's going to drop back and pick you apart in the pass game. And Derek King is one of the best quarterbacks in the country. So, I think they're going to have their hands full because there's a lot more to that offense than Derek King. And we'll get into that in a second, but we'll get into that later in the podcast. But I just wonder how much they can actually do to contain him besides, you know, rely on Katie and Tyreek to make tackles and be use their speed to their advantage. Yeah. Not much more.
0: There's, there's not much more you can say about it. It's, it's some wait and see type of thing.
1: Yeah. Um, those are the, all the questions for the North Texas and UTSA game. Uh, we have two questions. Remind me. We cannot forget yeah, before will. Houston. So we'll get into all that. All right. Let's get into everything else here. Do you want to start with the big picture stuff? Or do you want to get into the... Do big first picture first?
0: into small picture because that seems to be where we end up going. That's anyways. where we excel? No. We don't excel sure. there? I think we excel I, I was there. talking about like that's just where our <laughs> tangents go is to more in-depth stuff but okay
1: um okay first what so we kind of talked about this but how how can north texas use this win over utsa moving forward
0: i think it can be used as a not only a confidence builder but it can kind of comfort you a little Mm -hmm. bit and that's not just for the team it's for everybody because it showed, like I said, it passed the eye test. You're able to come away from this game and go, "Yeah, we actually won by 42 points. Mm-hmm. We didn't, you know, score three touchdowns in the fourth quarter when there's uh, third string was in." So, comfort, I guess, would be the word I would use.
1: All right, let's do panic meter then.
0: Panic meter. I, what, I, I said five last week. Last week, week
1: you were at five. I was at a six, roughly, I think, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um. How much does that drop?
0: And again for those who don't know our scale, 10 is meaning season over, over. Yes. And 1 being
1: 10 is blow it up, 1 is everything's great and we're about yeah. to make a New Year's Six Bowl. New York, North Texas is about to make a New, new Year's Six Bowl.
0: Yeah. Um so give Put me But North a,
1: Texas in the in the college football playoff, that's a one.
0: <laughs> if you looked at made like a six is like okay then. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like, right. Uh, like anyways, normalized. so uh Let's do, I'm, I had five last week. Give me a three because I would have given them a four if they won anyways. So give me a three.
1: Why is that? Give me, give me, give me, give me again, comfort.
0: Right? It's the the game passed the eye test
1: on both sides of the ball.
0: On both sides of the ball.
1: Okay. Even though they didn't have Frank Harris.
0: Yeah. Because like you said, they still would, they still would have put up, it would have been 45, 17.
1: It's going to be really funny when we come on this podcast next week. If North Texas loses to Houston, we're right back where we were last week.
0: Next week, I'll just say this now. I expect a loss.
1: Okay. But
0: how the loss happens very much will have an impact on the Panicator. So, it,
1: if it looks like SMU, then we're back.
0: Yes, because I think SMU is better than Houston. I think so, too. <laughs> and uh, coming into the season, Which neither of us thought that. But SMU last night, man, they look legit. They
1: dropped. What was the final? It's like
0: 42, 38 they, or something yeah, like they that. Yeah, they dropped
1: mid forties on SM, on TCU. TCU. Who was ranked? Who was ranked?
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Who was ranked.
1: Um, yeah, oh, man. I'm I'm staying out of five.
0: That's that's fair.
1: I'm staying out of five. That's fair. I, I feel like last night showed us a lot about the offense. I don't know how much it showed us about the defense.
0: So, do you think this the Houston game will kind of? decide where your panic meter will kind of hover around for the rest of the season?
1: Yes. Because okay. I feel like a lot of conference USA teams are on similar levels. Fair. Like Louisiana tech played FIU and it wasn't a blowout.
0: And Tulane beat FIU 47 to like 12 or whatever it was.
1: And West Kentucky beat FIU. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. I feel like a lot of conference USA schools are just on a similar level. Yeah. A Southern miss Louisiana tech, you know, a lot of the, teams that are going to be threatening north texas
0: are a tier below north texas
1: (laughs) i don't know if they're a tier below north texas but i feel like they're they all have a lot of uh, some flaws that i think north texas will be able to take advantage of and i think that that's why north texas coming into the season was expected to win the conference and i think that's i'm not really wavering from i think they're still going to be favored to win the conference come after come the southern miss game in three weeks so um that's another thing. They have a bye after Houston. So that's going to be weird. Have yeah. Two weeks off, Colin. Or not two weeks off, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Two weeks between games. We're going to have to improvise. Got to have a guest. Oh, yeah. We're definitely having a guest next week. Friend of the pod. Definitely. Friend of the a guest pod, Mike Law. We have options, Colin. We got to have Mike Law back on, though. Okay. We'll have Mike on. <laughs> we'll have Mike we also
0: on. have to have Trey on.
1: Okay. We'll have Mike and Trey on. Same time. <laughs> we got to go back to our Texas, then.
0: Unless unless we get Mason Mason's like the, like the goal for the pod, like he's the pinnacle. I
1: tried getting Mason for our intro, and I couldn't get. We him. couldn't even. We
0: couldn't even get him for the, for the. I couldn't even get this Mason Fine. Yeah. And you're listening to Bruni's Breakdown podcast. You're hoping. Yeah, couldn't get him to say that.
1: Couldn't get it. Couldn't get. And not because like he declined or anything, but you know, there's 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 levels there's steps you have to take. Yeah. And Mason,
0: <laughs> if, if if Mason's like the, like if you were trying to get in contact. With the president, it's like the difference between getting a secretary and like the president himself. Exactly. There's lots of stuff you have to go through.
1: Exactly. So we'll try to get Mason on. can't make any promises though. We can promise Mike Law though. Maybe if Mike comes, we can get Mason. Same time. Both? Best friend, like best friend pod. You have to go buy a new mic. I'd I'd buy a new mic if it meant we got Mason. You said you were going to buy a mic like three weeks ago. Shut up. Um, (laughs) Oh. Okay. So we talked about what does this win mean? Our panic meter. Um,. I do want to talk about the front six. Let's take a second to talk about the front six on defense specifically because it is a 3-3-5 defense, so I like saying front six instead of front seven, even though you could count the nickel in and out. He's kind of a tweener because he helps with the run too. But front six, talking about Dion Noville, Ladarius Hamilton, whoever you're starting at the other end, whether it's Tulao Safi, whether it's Asher Fro, Darian McMillan. LeBlanc. Dayton LeBlanc. LeBlanc. I call him LeBlanc. It's, sound, it's probably LeBlanc. It's, there. it's definitely LeBlanc. It looks French. Not so blank. sorry. Whoever you're starting... At that other defensive end spot. And then you have Katie Davis, um, Tyreek Davis, and Joe Zogu or Jamie King. Uh, first of all, I do want to shout out, because I'm shouting out the freshmen this this episode. There have been a lot of freshmen playing. Kevin Wood played a lot at inside linebacker. He is basically, he's like the third linebacker. Yeah. And him and uh, Mike Linehan has played in the pa- past. Willa Masters played last night. We've seen Larry Nixon in the past. So those kind of rotate. Kevin Wood is playing every game. Yeah, and he's playing snaps.
0: I thought he was Jamil Moore last night. He was playing so much. You're like,
1: damn, Jamil Moore's put on weight. Yeah, I had a picture. I picture, like, I a like, a picture
0: and I couldn't really see the eight and the yeah. thirty-eight. And I was yeah. like, dang man, misses a game and puts
1: puts on twenty pounds. <laughs> he gets he gets put behind Ma- Mikhail Sanders, and he's just man man ate too much ice cream that night up. after he got <laughs> after he got benched. But no, yeah. So thirty-eight, Kevin Wood. Um, we've also seen some of the Murphy brothers. Gabriel Murphy um, has played a decent amount too. So shout out all those freshmen that have been playing. Deontay Simpson got a catch. Who's the other one? Uh, Deshaun Gaddy. Yeah, and has he, he's been playing like yeah, the last few games. Playing. So good for him. Good for all those freshmen. It's good to see the 2019 class actually play like, yeah. right off the bat. Like that's yeah. not that's not normal. We weren't expecting that. Definitely not.
0: But Deshaun Gaddy was like our only
1: dark oh, horse to. Mm-hmm. And then they brought in Nick Harvey, and you're like, oh okay. Who got an interception last night? We'll get into that in a second. All right, front six, Colin, grade the front six last night.
0: Let's go. Let's go with a with a solid seven.
1: Oh, I said grade.
0: I don't so, oh, sorry. I go, when you say that. School, okay. School grade. Give, give school me, give me, give me, a, give me a B plus.
1: Is that a seven? Does that translate to? A seven? It's
0: probably a seven. <laughs> okay. Okay. So B plus. That's pretty high. It's definitely a seven. Because if you have said A seven, plus, I- A A minus, B plus. Yeah, it's a seven.
1: Okay, sure. I'll go with that skill. I'll run with it. I'll, I'll let you go. Go ahead. It's definitely Why, seven. Uh, Why is it a seven? So
0: giving a seven, because like you said, we finally saw the speed from the linebackers. It was there that was there supposed to be their strength coming into the season, so we saw that. Uh, Ladarius Hamilton, although he wasn't disruptive like he normally is, he was still there and he could be felt. And then Deion Noble, man, that man's a monster. Yeah. And I, he, he probably carries most of that. He's probably like five of those seven. <laughs> for my grade so he's yeah. like
1: <laughs> it's like most of those points that lead to the B plus it, it's crazy because when I talked to him and uh, coach defense line coach uh, Mark Yellock before the season it was kind of like you know he's got to he's got to learn how to use his leverage he's four or whatever he's a he big is. guy he's huge yeah and at defensive tackle you kind of want guys like Vince Woolfork and Bryce English who are like 5'11 and that can just like fill the entire hole but yeah. I I kind of—I don't want to say I expected this. I don't want to take credit for anything, but Dion O'Ville moving from defensive end to defensive tackle. No matter how much he weighs, he's always going to have that kind of physique about him that's like can get off the ball and can use his hands and can get off of get off of blocks really well. Oh, it claps right there. Well, you you know what I mean. Oh no, yeah, you just clapped a lot. Well, yeah, but I had to use physical representation to, to get thank what, you. my point across thank you regardless i i think that that's tr- helped him a ton i mean moving inside from outside just being able to use his hands and being able to hit gaps quicker and being able to disrupt um opposing centers and and guards at a high level he's been terrific he's you could argue he's been better than ladarius through four games yeah. and i don't yeah i don't know if i'd argue with you so um yeah, he's been great. I, I think I'd agree with a B plus. A B plus or an eight.
0: No, that's an A minus.
1: No, see, your scale is all wrong. It's not. A plus is 10. I know what you're saying. A is but nine. If you kept going down that succession, then like a C minus would be a zero. Something well, like that. Well, wow. Or,
0: don't, don't just rain on my parade like that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, but. Um, I don't need this anymore. Regardless, I'm just going to roll with B plus because I, B plus is a really good grade. That's like what I get in school all the time. Not an A, not quite an A. Um, I get a B plus. Wow. And it doesn't count as a B plus at UNT. It just is a B. So you end up with a 3.0. Um, regardless, uh, B plus, I think that he's been. they've been terrific up front. I think the linebackers showed what they were capable of last night after some shaky games, especially against SMU where they allowed big plays in the run game. That cannot happen against Houston. That can't happen against conference USA schools at all because those are must-win games and the defense has to be hit in their stride. Joe Zogu and Jamie King are interesting because I feel like they are kind of interchangeable when I watch them because they're both, they both provide very good edge rushing and they're very good at getting off of blocks. So. Yeah. We,
0: we kind of thought that we'd see Joe kind of emerges the, the mm-hmm. starter, but it kind of just seems that they both just improved a little bit and
1: they just both split snaps. I have to watch the jack position more on, on whether that's on film or just during the games because I wonder like like they, they ended up combined for three tackles. Yeah, it's not a very
0: glorious position. <laughs> yeah, it's kinda like just dirty work. I feel like they always yeah. take on the front block.
1: Yeah. And they're just like filling their gaps in a way. So it's kind of like a defensive another defensive lineman, but it's playing like a Jack versatile position, so I'll I'll get in. I'll look at that for y'all. But yeah, I, I'd say B plus. I think that's good. Now secondary, Colin, how are you grading the secondary? Secondary, what's a five? Like a, like a B minus,
0: C plus. to me C plus, and that's C just plus. because it was neither impressive nor unimpressive. Because you can't really grade it against a quarterback who's just completely incapable of throwing the ball
1: and receivers you can't catch,
0: like that first pass. <laughs> Yeah. Shout out Nick Harvey for getting that pick. Shout out Nick Harvey. But it wasn't anything special. Nick Harvey was like, oh, that's being thrown directly to me. Okay, let me just go up and get it. Like, I mean, yeah. he could... That Narcisse could not throw a bullet pass to save his life. Everything had loft or touch on it, <laughs> and it was just like... They could have had five picks last night if yeah. they didn't drop the ball. They dropped a few of them. So,
1: And the other interception was deflected and Mikhail Sanders. right. So, it
0: just made up for one of the ones that <laughs> they could have picked. So, now,
1: this was the second straight game Mikhail Sanders started at nickel. And I think that's a pretty big move going from safety Yeah, because we thought Jameel was going to have it locked down. Yeah, we, we thought so too. And Mikhail has turned out to be very solid just from watching him and watching his... He, he, plays, he, he
0: plays different than Jameel. Jameel's more of a... Like you said, the nickel kind of acts like that front seven sometimes. Jameel played more of that role. Yeah. And Mikhail's more, a lot faster, I feel like. Uh-huh. And we saw Jameel keep getting beat by whoever they yeah. had there on um, deep and that's how what led to those pass interception or pass interferences against uh smu and yeah. cal so uh i feel like we're gonna see mikhail there. It's a lot more coverage you're yeah for now on
1: yeah exactly i i think it was a great move i think it was a i expected a lot more from jameel moore and so for him to like underperform is kind of i don't want to say it's sad but you know it's it's not it's not good when someone underperforms like that and so to see him lose his job in his senior year is kind of sad but Mikhail Sanders is a better coverage guy, I think. And I think that if he continues to play at a high level and not let teams like SMU and Cal target him, then I think he'll be safe. I think he'll have a yeah. job. So And Jamil will still get snaps. I don't know if he had a tackle or whatnot last night, but he'll get snaps. But Mikhail has appeared to be an upgrade at yeah. that position. Now, you mentioned Nick Harvey. I still don't think it was a great performance from Nick Harvey. Cam didn't feel like he was thrown at that much. No, I mean, um, no one was really thrown at a whole lot. <laughs> Nobody was, was accurately thrown at, at least. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think that that's... I think Nick is at least improving in ways. And I think against Conference USA receivers, when you're not going against James Prochet and Reggie Robertson, I think that our guys... I think North Texas will look yeah, a lot it's, better.
0: It's, it's, it, it's got to be interesting to see how <laughs> Nick Harvey first went against ACU receivers and then all of a sudden got thrown into James Prochet, yeah. Nick Harvey, and then Cal, just athletes. Yeah. And then now he's going to go to Conference USA and be like, oh, so this is what it
1: actually is. Yeah. So he's, he's, he's experienced all of it at this point. Um, real quickly. <laughs> is there a way that UTSA is the worst team in Conference USA?
0: <laughs> I feel like this is recency bias at it's finest is it
1: is, is it con okay so let's go through the other games
0: they 40, the, they 45 the, to 3 they beat 35 uh, to 3 35 to
1: 7 no
0: IW. North Texas beat them last night oh yes I'm sorry 45 to 3 uh, they played last week Army
1: which they were close that, with was a pretty, that was a pretty good
0: showing and then they played before that Baylor they got destroyed yes and the first week I don't remember
1: they lost 35 or they beat Incarnate Word 35 to 7
0: Incarnate Word just must be a lot worse than we thought they were.
1: Incarnate Word lost 56-7 to or something like that to Sam Houston State in the FCS. And they're both FCS schools, so... Yeah, apparently they're a bad FCS school. Incarnate Word. Well, um... So... That's interesting
0: because... I don't know. Conference USA has been really odd this year because everyone seems to lose to everybody. Mm-hmm. And so far, North Texas is the only team against a Conference USA school that hasn't really shown red flags. So...
1: Yeah, probably yeah West Kentucky might be up there too <laughs> which They're, is weird well
0: that just shows goes to show I mean we predicted at the bottom of the conference mm-hmm. and now look at look where they at I mean FIU is not
1: gonna at all touch the conference championship no La Tech won, beat FIU last night so that's interesting as well Um, alright Colin that's all I had for UTSA anything else you wanna add no that was a fun it was a fun fun game yes and then there was wrestling afterwards.
0: For those of you who stayed for wrestling, shout out to you guys because not a lot of people were there, and I felt bad for not nearly as much. When they as had as they, as they as had as they as a day. video of the guy like winning the belt, and he just kind of like walked into the tunnel with like nobody around him. It was just like, yep, won the belt. Another time to day. leave. He had face tats. It's pretty sick. He looked like Darth Maul. Would
1: you get a face tat, Colin?
0: No, I would not get a face tat. <laughs> I will get a face tat if Mason wins the Heisman.
1: What if? What if you had to get a face tat? No, never, never. If Mason won the Heisman, yes would it be just a six <laughs> a six on... i feel like that means like <laughs> say, yeah it probably means something bad i don't yeah i don't, really don't, don't want to think about that i don't really know all right Klein. let's get into houston <laughs> let's get into questions houston. oh Damn, you have a Klein. forgetful memory That's there why I have you around good job all right we got two questions for houston off rip first 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 from noah he asked, um, should we expect a shootout against Houston? And if so, does UNT have the advantage offensively?
0: I feel like everyone expects a shootout, and I'm here to tell you it's not going to be a shootout. Why not, Colin? Because North Texas offensively does not have the weapons in the passing game that they, everyone is saying that they have right now.
1: You know what you just said? You just said it's not going to be a shootout, not because Houston's not going to score points, but because North Texas isn't going to score a
0: Correct. points. Correct. This is going to be either a,
1: a really close game or Houston's going to run away with it is my opinion. All right, well, we'll get to your prediction later on in the podcast, Colin. Don't tease us too much with that. <laughs> um <laughs> No, so why doesn't North Texas have an advantage on on the offense?
0: Because they don't have weapons on offense i mean we just said it no okay so okay let's just go through let's just go through it mason fine is better than well just because for the sake for the sake of having to pick size because we're mean green 24 7 mason finds better than derek king we just have to say that all right just to make everyone no, happy mason hasn't shown us shut up okay go ahead shut up <laughs> it's the receiver's fault Go ahead. they don't ahead. have they don't have rico bussy mm-hmm. they don't have a jalen guyton that could have played this year they don't have a Greg White that we thought was going to be good this year. Jair Shorter has been super inconsistent. And Jalen Darden is a slot receiver that isn't a deep threat. Houston has two deep threats. They have slot guys, just like North Texas has slot guys. Mm. Running backs, you got Trey Siggers, who's been amazing so far.
1: Oh, are you talking about North Texas or are you talking about Houston? No, you're
0: I'm talking, talking about North Texas. About... Oh, okay. I'm just switching back and forth.
1: Oh, you're going back and forth. Okay, yeah. I got you.
0: So North, Te- North, Texas, North Texas has running backs, Trey Siggers. Sure, okay We'll compare him For right now To Kyle Porter To Kyle Porter Kyle Porter went to Texas It was a 91 grade Coming out of high school And then they have the I keep Carr, forgetting his Patrick name Carr. Patrick Carr And then they have Derek King on the ground So, so far North Texas is the only one At quarterback And that's Marginal at best mm-hmm. There you go No shootout Completely no shootout
1: Man Tell me well, we're, lo- we're losing All of our listeners Right now An hour into the Rico Bussy
0: Is the second leading Receiver right now with five receptions,
1: is that true? Yes, that's not true. That is true. That's not true. Mike Law has five had five receptions last night.
0: Okay, you yards, yardage wise, he oh, is the second re- leading See, receiver.
1: Keep, keep okay, so, yeah, no, that's true. That is
0: true. true. And Jalen Darden has like twenty something, I feel sixteen receptions. Yeah, for for two hundred twenty yards.
1: Yeah,
0: you give Rico sixteen receptions and he has
1: three hundred something yards. Look, look, look. I understand what you're saying, and you you brought this up before on the podcast or on this this show, that the deep threat is not there for this team. And that's very alarming.
0: You can't you can't sit here and tell me that this is going to be a shootout.
1: Why not? Because Mason, sure, he'll... he'll North th- Texas could put up 35 points. They could put up 35 points. That's a shootout. 49 to 35 is a shootout. Is it not? Is Does it have to be over 40?
0: When I think of shootout, I think of passing game. I don't think of an ugly ground game type of game.
1: The ground game last night was not ugly.
0: Oh, I know, but I'm saying against a Houston. Houston? Okay, yes. let's not confuse Houston with UTSA. <laughs> Houston is way better than UTSA. <laughs> of course. Get that out of the way. Of course. Houston, like you said, is going to be top-tier Conference USA defense, if not better. Yeah. And their offense is far and above the best thing that they'll see this outside season. of SMU.
1: It might be better than SMU. Might,
0: yeah, exactly. Pick your apples yes. and orange Yeah, oranges. Yeah, pick your poison. Yeah, so... <laughs> I just don't know how you can see it could be a shootout. All the only way it's a shootout is if Mason is able to just make, just throw guys open, which I, we've seen him do. But I feel like the drop-off here's my thing. of receivers is just not there.
1: I agree with the receivers completely, 100%. Marquise Stevenson at receiver for Houston is an absolute monster. He's might get drafted. Who knows? He's a great player. He's like a Rico Bussy. There you go. And I, North Texas doesn't have Rico Busty anymore, so... That is definitely the biggest advantage that Houston has with is their pass game is that they're going to be able to throw the ball better than North Texas will be able to. And we're comparing offenses to offenses. We're not comparing what North Texas does to, you know, the defense. and Right.
0: This is, yeah. But if you're saying shootout, that means the defense isn't really a factor but, anyways.
1: Yeah. Here's Here's my thing, though. I think that there's a there's a chance North Texas is able to run the ball against Houston's defense. And if they're able to run the ball, I think you can control a little bit of the clock. I think that you can you can be more consistent. Like I said earlier, you can be consistent. You can get into third and manageables. You can get into second and six, second and sevens. You don't fall behind the chains because, like I've said before, when this offense falls behind the chains, it's over for them. Like You don't have Rico Bussi anymore. You don't, you're not going to be able to complete that 20-yard pass down the field on a consistent basis to, yeah. to convert third and longs, second and longs. So if they can run the ball and Trey Siggers has another Trey Siggers game, like not even saying what he did against SMU, if he just does what he did against Cal, 18 carries for 88 yards, like along those lines, I think that that is going to give them a good shot at least going into the third quarter. And so it won't let the game get out of hand because if you're running the ball, you're likely not turning it over either. So I just think all of that, the run game opens up so much for this offense so so much for this offense and Houston could be the first team we've seen all year actually start to respect North Texas runs right off right off the bat that but does, that would but be it, but, interesting. It, but
0: does that really open up anything for the passing game we don't know I don't think it will we don't know because this is this is how I picture it going
1: you have to ima- you, you
0: say you say time of possession you can control the game that's all fine and dandy until Houston scores in three two minute three minute drives,
1: mm-hmm. I I understand I understand what you're saying, and obviously you have to come away with points when you drive when you run a twelve play drive or whatever theoretically. Like if it's twelve plays five minutes, you have to come away with points for to make it worth anything. I'm just saying that that does it does lessen the possessions for Houston, and this is all basic stuff. Like I'm not saying anything outrageous right now right of course you run the ball you can control the clock that's basic football and i think that with the way the offensive line is playing i think that houston might have to play the run game and that will be the first time all year it will be the first time perhaps since jeffrey wilson as a junior that that will be the case so the first time since 2016 that people will be playing the run more than mason Fine that is something we haven't seen before and I think that while it hurts not to have Rico Bus, because if this team had Rico Bussy, then I would very much be saying like this could definitely be a shootout without Rico Bussy, I'm a lot less confident in that because Deon Hair Griffin had one reception last night Jair Griffin Jair Shorter had one reception last night like they haven't been able to throw the ball down the field but they haven't had to so we'll see once they have to and Houston is playing the run we'll see where they go from there and that's that's the reason I'm like, there's a chance. There's going to be no shootout. There's a chance. There's going to be no shootout. And now now if that results in a shootout, I don't know. Because if you run the ball, time runs, obviously. Right. So who knows? Maybe we're talking mid-30s instead of mid-40s. I don't know if that's a shootout. Depends on what you constitute. <laughs> Is
0: it last night's game? 66-63? to 63?
1: Oh, the the, the UCLA-Washington no, State game. That's yeah, well, the, imagine
0: if Mason fine through for nine touchdowns. Nine
1: touchdowns i would i would cry oh um, heisman already just, yeah just give it no, to him no doubt um all right thank you for your question uh noah um i wonder the world asked do you expect north texas to run or pass more against houston was run heavy this week what do you expect colin
0: i feel like they're gonna be forced to pass because they're gonna be down that's simply every, that's it <laughs> again again Secondary hasn't shown us anything. We're saying that this offense that they're facing is going to be on par, if not better, than SMU.
1: Yes, it's terrifying.
0: Exactly. They're gonna Mason's gonna to have to try to come back from behind. I think, and you can't control the game if you don't get a chance to control the game.
1: You can't fall behind twenty-one to zero in the first. And quarter.
0: I don't, I don't know if it'll be that much, but they are going to be playing behind. I feel like most of the game.
1: Yeah, even if they're down theoretically, let's say twenty-eight to fourteen in the third quarter or something, it's hard to.
0: Yeah, you know. so I don't think they're going to be able to control the game with the run game. Sure, they'll try to use it to get the big plays. Because right now, that's the only explosive plays they've had. Yes. I I just don't see.
1: Mm-hmm. You, I do want to hear from other people where the hope is. Because obviously, I think there is hope. Because I think SMU is a better team than Houston. Agreed. So, their defense is better. Yeah, I think SMU's defense is better than Houston. And I think SMU showed last night against TCU that they're a better team than than houston but um so i do think there's hope but where the hope exactly lies i'm putting it in the run game if but you have not, to have a chance
0: to use the run game
1: early in the game i think they're going to be able to run the ball unless if houston plays a different right league. but if you don't that's what i'm saying i think being able to run the ball opens up so much for them potentially down the field and what we don't know anything about right what they're going to do with if somebody plays the run we right. have no clue right so that's what i'm interested to see I think that's where the the hope is. If they're lies. able to bring
0: if, if they start respecting the run so much early that they bring a safety down mm-hmm. not to cover gyre shorter, then sure, maybe, possibly you get some passing some stuff opened up. But with what they have right now, a slant to Jalen Darden isn't gonna get you he might break for forty yards, but it's not gonna be something consistent that you can run to. Yeah. So and I mean if you're not double covering Gyre, then maybe
1: or you, yeah you mean like cover 2 or you know yeah, exactly. sitting in cover yeah. deep yeah um yeah so that that's where my hope is i want to hear where everyone else's hope is cuz i you know you try to you try to find it i don't know if the defenses can be relied on in this game like you said it's a different animal this is a very different animal yeah it's going to be fascinating to watch um was it did we answer the question oh no wait what do you okay so you expect them to pass more that was the question yeah they're going to be forced to pass okay i expect them to run more especially early and I think they can keep it close enough to where they are able to run the ball. And if they can run the ball well, then it will be close. If they can run the ball for... If Trey Siggers runs the ball for over six yards of carry, it will be close. Okay. What What is... What is What did he run for against Cal? Let me do that math real quick. He averaged five yards of carry against Cal. And we agree Cal and SMU are better defenses than Houston. Cal's one of the best defenses in the nation. So. Yes, Obviously. I'm if he if he's around 6 yards a carry I think they have a shot if there. Trey Siggers throws guys off of him like he did the first <laughs> first first three games then They then maybe, maybe. So here I think that's where the the hope lies. So anyways, Colin I think it's time for predictions, Colin. We've been wrong before. We did not see the line for for um for this game. For what it
0: matters, Colin, there's, there's The ESPN has matter. has North Texas winning.
1: The FPI has North Texas winning
0: 55% of the time.
1: That has, the FPI has North Texas is as a 55% favorite, I guess, to 45%. Yeah. Okay. Colin, where would you set the line? That's the first thing. It's in Denton, remember. It's just so tough. It's in Denton. Because I don't
0: know what what people are going to be looking at
1: for the line. You said 13. You were closer than I was for UTSA. You said 13. I said 8. Yeah, it was 18 and a half. It was 18.
0: (laughs) But like like, like we said, okay, what was, was, do you remember SMU's?
1: SMU was favored by four.
0: Four? Man. I think the line will be eight and a half.
1: Okay, for Houston.
0: Yes, for Houston.
1: I'm trying to think how other people perceive. perceive yeah, that's, North that's Texas. the that's hard the part because we look Houston at Houston on paper is one and three, but they've obviously played good teams, and North Texas is two and two, and they've obviously played. And one. they
0: put up the points against those good teams. It's just their defense doesn't. Yeah.
1: I'm say I'll I'll say Houston, Houston by six and a half or so. More or less. So, anyways, that's where we. Pr- I predict the line. All right. Now, what are you saying for final score, Colin? Give us a final score prediction right now on this Sunday, right now. Do it.
0: Had to had to pause just so that I couldn't do, do it. Do it. Do you want a North Texas winner or a Houston win? You have to pick for me.
1: Colin, I want you to pick whatever's in your heart. I don't 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 put this on me just because you're scared. No, I'm not scared. You I look, just it's just scared. it's 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 a push to me. Colin, everything you've just said over the last 20 minutes shows tells me that you don't believe it's a push.
0: There is that factor, Bruni. What's the factor? The belief. Because you haven't hope. got into that factor. Hope. All right, expand on the belief. I just want hope. That just that it's empty. Oh, you hope. want hope? It's empty hope. You want hope? Oh, yeah. So it's
1: empty hope. So pick, pick.
0: I'll just I'll, I'll pick off of what I think will happen. How's yes. that? Yes,
1: pick with your brain, please. Don't pick with your heart. Dang. We are not a heart podcast. That's sad. We are all brains podcast. Go ahead. Smart.
0: Yes. Uh, Houston, man, this is gonna be really sad to say. Just pick the damn game. Give me forty-one to twenty-one, Houston.
1: Okay. Okay. Interesting. Um, I think Houston scores more than 41 points. Um, Whoa. I'm going to go... Wait, you not that that crazy going to be close? That's not that crazy. You
0: just said the game's going to be close. SMU scores 49. There is no 49. way North Texas puts up or more scored... than 40 points. No way. Zero way.
1: Okay. Well, I'm not picking North Texas to win. I'm just saying. Well, you said it was going to be close. Listen, and... listen, 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 listen. Let me, let me expand.
0: Houston... How many points is North Texas scoring? Hold
1: on, let me.
0: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Excited. I'm interrupting you. You're I'm just. I was, taking it back. I was taken aback. I was taken aback by Damn. that. Let me. Let me calm down.
1: All right. I think Houston wins. 45-35. That's pretty good. I'm happy with that.
0: <laughs> he's like actually satisfied with himself right I, now. He's, I'm happy with that. He's like nodding his head. And like the thing yeah. is, if that
1: happened, I would actually be like, all right. North Texas should win Conference USA if they lose 45-35. To Houston.
0: Yeah. Like I said, like like we said, this is going to just if they lose this game isn't going to mean the season's over. It's how they play in a loss or if they win. So.
1: Exactly. All right, Colin. I think that's all we had today. I think that's it. Oh, what a podcast. What a podcast. I got to stretch. All right. For Colin Mitchell, I'm Matthew Bruni. Let's plug our stuff real quick. Follow us on Twitter at Mingreen247, at CJH Mitchell, at Matthew Bruni. We're flying underscore. through these right now. Um, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Bruni's Breakdown Podcast. Follow us on SoundCloud as well, at the same Bruni's Breakdown Podcast. Become a subscriber on Mingreen247.com. We greatly, 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 greatly appreciate it. Um, sign up for our newsletter. We had a couple of people sign up for our newsletter. That's for free. That's when you go on the site, just scroll Sign down. up again.
0: Just double sign up.
1: I don't know if that's possible, but regardless, Multiple just emails. Go to, the, go to the site, scroll down a little bit, and it's right there. Send, e- and you put in your email address, and you press um, send or something like that. I don't know. Subscribe, probably, is what Whatever it says. Whatever it is. Regardless, become a subscriber. we got a lot of VIP stuff coming. I'm trying to do even more, especially on the board. Check out our board. We're
0: trying to push content. Lots of content this season. If you haven't already noticed, there's like 17 things going out. Every week. Every, at the end of a game there's so much stuff going out. So,
1: Oh yeah, that's true on Twitter too. So be sure to follow yeah. me green 24 Four Seven where that's huge. Um, we appreciate all you new listeners or all you old listeners, anybody Just shout out everybody. We'll try to have a guest on next week's podcast after. No, it'd be, the, it'd be the week after, right? Yeah, I guess so. It'd be the week
0: after cause we'd be previewing. Houston yeah. Cause and everything. we'd be
1: recap. We'd recap. Houston.
0: So it'd be the, it'd be the, the one after the podcast after next Sunday would yeah. be the guest.
1: Hey, I well, just guaranteeing a guest. We don't have a guest lined up Colin.
0: I was going to say, everyone on Twitter should just.
1: At Mason Fine. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Although Mason doesn't get on Twitter, so pick another player and we'll work on Mason Fine. <laughs> uh, email him. Mason <laughs> definitely Mason, checks his email. Mason just. But you got to make sure to use his mason.fine at u, my.unt.edu because he definitely doesn't <laughs> have just, his own personal did email. Just
1: blast his school email out there. It's we the same have, for everybody. We don't know if it's true. If that's a Yeah,
0: there could be like another Mason Fine. So it's like mason.fine. Two.
1: <laughs> Imagine if Mason finds two. <laughs> but being the quarterback. Mason, best
0: quarterback in the history of the school, and you can't even get your own email.
1: Yeah, so, anyways, uh, I'm trying to think of other people we can have on. Ren Baker.
0: Mike Law is the safe bet.
1: Yeah, but okay, let's not make it sound like Mike Law is not important. No, Mike, Mike Law is important. Mike is important.
0: And Mike knows he's important. Yes. Friend of the pod. His nickname is literally Friend of the Pod.
1: You gave that to him last night, so.
0: We'll change that for you, Mike, in case you're listening. Yes. But right now it's nice. front of the pod. Um but if you want somebody else, just like tell us on Twitter, DM, DM Bruni, uh and we'll try to we'll try I to get those pool. people.
1: I'll do it. <laughs> anyways, anyways, Colin. That was cringy. <laughs> Never Let's... say that again. I got some pool. I'm a I'm a big deal, Colin, in case you haven't noticed. <laughs> anyways. Um anyways, for Colin Mitchell. For Maya, Mitchell, and myself, we thank you for listening. Again, leave us five stars on Apple Podcast. We'd greatly appreciate it. I think we're at 14 right now. Get us up to 15. Get us up to 16. Raise that up. Tell your friends about us. We'd appreciate it. We appreciate everyone that's sending questions. Uh, we'll talk to you all next week and have fun at the Houston game.